This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Glenn Tomrin and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I didn't, you know, I didn't know what, which songs they were going to sing tonight, but uh, I'm going to talk about the love of God. And it's just, she changed the songs today, and it kind of fit perfectly. Hallelujah. He's a good God. Hallelujah. And if you listen to him, he'll give you exactly what you need, right? When you need it. Praise the Lord. So I want to make some declarations before I start tonight. I'm just going to say that uh, the Holy Spirit will have free course here tonight, and he will not be hindered by anything. Hallelujah. No, he will not be hindered by any religious spirit or anything that would try to exalt itself against the knowledge of the truth. Hallelujah. So God is going to reveal himself here tonight. And if your heart is open and receptive, you will have a fresh revelation of how much God loves you before you leave tonight. Before you leave here tonight. How does that sound? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Ha, ha, ha. I came expecting something good tonight. Because our Father is so good. He's faithful. Hallelujah. And you never uh, get to know all there is of Him. You get glimpses every now and then of how good He is. <laughs> and then you get a little bit of a more of a glimpse. And then you're just like, wow, He is so good. And then if you spend some more time with him, he reveals something more. And he's like, wow, he really is good. You know, and he, he likes to kind of blow our minds, so to speak, you know, to just, uh, just uh, <laughs> you know, he loves to love his kids. And it's like I was just thinking about that. You know, I just, I just love to bless my kids. I just love to put a smile on their face. You know, I'm, I make goofy faces just to make Liam smile. You know, he's four and a half, and if I smile long, he'll just like, he'll drop his binky, and, you know, and we have to go wash it, you know, and all that stuff. Because like, I love to make him smile, so like last night, we only had one clean binky left, and he's like, and there it fell down, right where Roxy had been, our dog, our little Maltese poodle. She's about this big, you know, real cute thing, but she has a, anyhow. You don't really want to mix the dog and what you stick in the baby's mouth. So, so I'm going to say about that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Isn't God good? Aren't you happy that you have a church like this to come together in? Hallelujah. It's nice and warm in here. And, and we just get to spend some time in the presence of the Lord and just have a good time. Hallelujah. And he'll help us and he'll reveal himself to us in a fresh way. And then we can, can go out of here and we'll just like, wow. God was in our midst tonight. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I'm going to talk about how much God loves us. And uh, God always wanted a family. Did you know that? He always wanted a family. He was the one who says it's not good for a man to be alone. How did he know? <laughs> well, maybe he's, he's like, I need to make me a family. You know, I don't want to be alone. I want to, I want to make me a family that, that, that can actually choose to love me. You know, when you're God, you can create all kinds of things, but, you know, it's, it's another thing to create something that'll choose to love you. That's what God wants. He wants us to choose to love him. And the way he does it, he smiles at us long enough <laughs> that we smile back. You know, he's, you, know, it's, 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 you know, he says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. And he chose to love you, and he revealed that love to you, and then you responded to his love. It's not like you just, like, you just, no, no, he chose you. He chose to love you, and he smiled at you long enough to get your attention. 
It's like, I love you. Hallelujah. I just want to be close to you. Actually, I want to be as close as I can. I actually want to join you to myself. And so he created Adam and Eve, right? You know, you know the story. You've read the beginning of the book, which kind of sets, the, sets the, 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 the course for this whole book here. Because God, did you know he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever? So he does not change. So, so his desire is still for his family. <laughs> Isn't that a great thing? Hallelujah. He just wanted a family. Hallelujah. And so he, you know, so he, he, he created, you know, Adam and Eve, and, and in, it was great for a while. We don't know how long. The Bible doesn't tell us how long. It's just, you know, they were, they were having a good time. And then, you know, the serpent came along, and, and he, he tricked Eve, and then uh, he deceived Eve, it says. It didn't say that he deceived Adam. We don't really know why Adam chose to do it, but he chose, and that was a problem. Because he chose to disobey God, so now he broke he broke the relationship that he had. And I like to liken this to this. It's, like, it's almost like you break a branch off of the trunk of a tree. It's now separated from its life source. And that, that, that branch will start to die. And that's what happened to Adam. You know, you, you, you know it, did, it took 930 years <laughs> for, for him, his body to die. But he was, he was immediately separated from that union he had with God. And that was a problem. And so God had to fix it. Didn't he? He had to fix it. And, uh, and uh, well, let me go back to Genesis chapter 2. I'm just going to read a few verses here. He told Adam in Genesis 2 verse 17. Uh, I'm going to read the Young's literal translation because it brings out uh, something I want to let you know about. And he says, And of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou dost not eat of it. He says, For in the day of thine eating of it, dying, you Thou dost die, that's old English, but he says in dying you will die, which means he wouldn't just die physically, he'd die spiritually, which is the separation from the life source, which really is the problem. You know, and so, so now, you know, Adam was, was separated from God, and because of that separation now, everybody that's made in the, in the likeness of Adam, you know, when he had kids, they were, they were made in a, after a, a broken master, so to speak. You know, it says in Genesis chapter 5, this book of the genealogy of Adam, verse 1, in the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created a male and female and blessed them and called them mankind in the day they were created. And Adam lived 130 years and begot a son in his own likeness and after his image and named him Seth. So from now on, all of mankind was separated from God. And so God, you know, he, you, how many of you are happy that God sees ahead and makes provision? Hallelujah. And so in 1 Peter chapter 1, it brings that out, that God, you know, had this whole thing planned. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18, it says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world. So before God even made the world, he knew that Adam would sin. He knew that he would make the wrong choice, but still he made Adam because he wanted a family. Hallelujah. So he, he figured it all out before it even happened, and this is the only way he could make it happen was to send Jesus. He says, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Hallelujah. And so, 
I talked, last time I talked with you here, I talked about, you know, Paul praying for the, for the church at Ephesus. And he, he prayed that, you know, they would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him and the knowledge of Jesus. You know, the eyes of their understanding being enlightened that they may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power working toward us who believe. So he wants, he, he, you know, this was inspired by the Holy Spirit. You know that Paul prayed these prayers for these people that have just been born again, that they would see and know some things, that they would know Christ. Christ is, is the main person of this whole book. You know, it's all about Jesus. The Old Testament all showed, you know, it was gradual revelation of, of, of what Jesus was going to do and what he was going to look like so they could recognize him when he came. You know, it's like if you want to recognize, if, say if you're going to meet somebody, you've never met them before, it's like an online deal. Maybe now you have pictures and stuff, but say it wasn't. And so if you're going to find them on a train station, you know, wouldn't you have to kind of describe what they look like and what clothes they wear and stuff so that you would recognize them when you saw them? And it's the same thing with, with the Bible. You know, the, you know, God painted a very clear picture of what Jesus was going to look like, but still the Pharisees missed it. <laughs> that's why you need a heart that is right, and you need to, you know, that's what we need to ask the Lord. You know, show us these things so we can really know and understand the love of Christ. And that was the next thing that Paul was, was, was praying for them. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. Hallelujah. Because the more you see and understand of these things, the more you can step into when it comes to what God has done for you. You know, Andrew Murray said, you know, he said, faith is, 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 is greatly dependent on knowledge. If you don't know, you can't have faith for it. So he says the greater, you know, the greater uh, uh, power of, for instance, the blood of Jesus is not realized in believers' lives because they don't know what that did for them. So most people are just, just happy about going to heaven when they die, which is a great thing. But there's so much more that Jesus purchased for you. Hallelujah. And unless we know about it, we cannot appropriate it and access this grace in which we stand by faith. Praise the Lord. So, in, in Ephesians chapter 3, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And verse 14, he, he again prays. And he says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That he would, the whole family, see that? He, family in heaven and family on earth. Hallelujah. <laughs> He's still all about family. Praise the Lord. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So if you get in here and look a little bit, he says, you know, there's something about you being rooted and grounded in love, in the love that God has for you, how that will help you comprehend, see things correctly, and so that you will be able to be filled with all the fullness of God. If you don't see Christ correctly, if you don't see how much he loves you, then you will not be able to be filled with all the fullness of God. So you need to know how much God loves you for you to open up wide. You need to see how much God loves you so you will actually boldly come to the throne of grace. That you may, 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 may obtain mercy, you know, mercy and grace, basically, to help in time of need. 
And so unless you, unless you see yourself correctly, hallelujah, as redeemed by the blood of Jesus and actually God loving you, you won't act right. You won't act right. It is like a child that really knows that their parent or somebody loves them, they will just come to them. They will actually be drawn to them because they love them. Hallelujah. But if, there's, it's, 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 if they're unsure, they'll hold back. If they're unsure, if they really care, and, 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 and a child will pick it up right away. And it's, it's like, but, but for us, we need to actually educate ourselves. That's what God actually had to give us the scriptures so that we would, we would read them and see how much he loves us. And one of the, the greatest pictures of his love for you is that he chose to die for you. Because, you know, he could have given you riches, he could have given you gold, he could have given you a Mercedes, and it's like, I love you. But how many people can say, I gave my life for you? Not too many. Not too many. But he did. And you know this verse of Scripture very well. John 3, 16. How many of you have heard that before? Hallelujah. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Hallelujah. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Hallelujah. A lot of people think that he actually, you know, God is just wanting to condemn them. You know that he's just sitting there with a the fly swatter, you know, and just waiting for them to do something wrong so he can go and just blot them out from the memory of mankind. That's not your God. That's not your heavenly father. No, he actually knew that you were going to mess up and he loved you anyhow. He knew that mankind was going to mess up and he said, I am going to go and give my life for them because I desire a family and I know that they will never be able to do that on their own. Be good enough. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, you know, we, we talk about the blood of Jesus and we talk about blood a lot of times, but, but why? Why is blood so important? Well, in Leviticus chapter 17, this is why it's important to know some of the Old Testament so you can really understand the New. It says in Leviticus 17 and verse 11, it says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I've given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Hallelujah. In Hebrews, I'm going a little bit fast here, but Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22 kind of visits the same thing. And it says, and according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Remission means cancellation of a debt, charge, or penalty. Basically, the penalty for sin is death. And because God is absolutely, he's not just a loving God, but he is also an absolutely just God. And the only thing that could make penalty for sin was a life given. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful that he loves you? Hallelujah. And you know, Jesus, when he came, he knew why he came. Well, actually, he found out through the scriptures why he came. He found himself in the scriptures, you know, at a very early age because, you know, at, at, at age 12 in, in, in the temple, he said, I must be about my father's business. So he knew that he was the son of God. And I don't know how early he knew that he was going to have to give his life, but he knew. And in Hebrews chapter 10, you just go one chapter over. Hallelujah. Hebrews 10 verse 5. 
Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, talking about Jesus, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I've come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. Jesus knew why he came. It was written in the book <laughs> of him. And he said, a body you have prepared for me. That body was supposed to be a sacrifice for the sin of the world. What a great job description that is. I'm going to come to die. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Again, in John chapter 10, hallelujah. John chapter 10, I'm going to start reading in verse 14. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good to us. He says, I'm the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them I also must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock. And one shepherd. Therefore my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me but I lay it down on myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. Hallelujah. So Jesus knew. He knew. And, and, and actually it says in, in Hebrews chapter 12. It says for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross despising or lightly esteeming the shame. Jesus lightly esteemed what he went through because he could see you. He could see the end result of his obedience. And so he actually, he lightly esteemed the shame and the pain because he knew that that would result in you, hallelujah, being saved. Glory be to God. That's reason for shouting right there. It's, it's, it's like at least a hallelujah or an amen or something. Praise the Lord. <laughs> We're going through some of these things just so that you have a clear picture in your mind. You know, and, and I really want you to get it because it's going to release some things in your life. Hallelujah. It's going to open up the door for God to be able to just pour his goodness into your life. Does that sound good? You know, we need to have a revelation of his love for us. And why blood is so important and why he was the one who had to do it. So how could Jesus pay the, pay the price for everyone? Well, John chapter 1. Hallelujah. In the beginning was the Word, chapter 1, 1. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him. And without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. Everything was made through the Lord Jesus Christ. He was there with the Father in the beginning. Hallelujah. When everything was made and when man was made. Hallelujah. He is the word. Hallelujah. That went forth. Praise the Lord. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15. Talking about the one who died for you. Hallelujah. Colossians 1.15. He's the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things consist. And he's the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have 
the preeminence. That is your Savior. Hallelujah. The one who died for you. Praise the Lord. All creation came from him, and so he had, has basically all of creation in him, and that body that was untainted by sin was the perfect sacrifice that could take away the sin of mankind. Hallelujah. Jesus was the only one who could pay the price. If not, everyone had to pay the price for their own life, and everybody would be lost. Wow. Wow. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the writer of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 10, and I'm going to read out NLT here. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, because the NLT kind of brings it out. I'm going to read quite a few verses here. Hebrews chapter 10. Hallelujah. Hebrews, you know, talks a lot about the sacrifices and stuff like that. And if, if you're not careful, it's like, whoa, this is a lot of whatever, you know. And we don't understand it. But, you know, didn't we pray here a couple of Wednesdays ago that we would get the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him? Well, so we're going we're gonna to receive more revelation so that we can see more and access more, hallelujah, what he has done for us. A cl the clearer picture you have of Jesus and of who God is, the more you will revere him in the correct way. And you will also appreciate what he has done for you in a more appropriate manner. Hallelujah. Because if you don't know, you're just going to go through life and take it lightly. And then one day you're going to meet him. It's like, oh, my goodness. I understand we're going to get to heaven and we're going to say, wow. Oh, that's why that was. Oh, we're going to say a lot of oh. Because it's going to take, you know, it's going to take the ages to come for him to show you how kind he has been to you in Christ Jesus. We can start now. So we can appropriate some of these things now and actually be thankful. Hallelujah. Actually get on our knees and maybe even get a tear in our eye because God has been so good to you. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to start in verse 1 and read out of the NLT. The old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifice would have stopped, for the worshipers would have been purified once for all time and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year, for it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. And that is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you've given me a body to offer. For you were not pleased with burnt offerings or other offering for sin. Then I said, look, I've come to do your will, O God, as it is written about me in the scriptures. What we just talked about here earlier. First, Christ said, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other offerings for sin, nor were you pleased with them though they were required, required by the law of Moses. Then he said, look, I've come to do your will. He cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. For God's will was for us to made, be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins, but... Our high priest 
offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. There he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. Praise the Lord. And the Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so. For he says, this is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I'll put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then it says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. And when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That makes it away with you trying to be good enough. It's so easy to get into that trap of trying to be good enough and then draw back instead of drawing near. You need to draw near. Hallelujah. In full assurance of faith, knowing that the blood of Jesus took care of the sin problem for you. God is not pleased with you drawing back and thinking you're not good enough. That doesn't please him. Well, I'm not good enough. I'm just like, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't feel like I'm good enough. Well, your feelings will get you messed up in this area real quick. Because you can wake up one day and feel great, and you can make, wake up another day and feel like, man, I, I'm not worthy to even, you know, I don't even feel saved. You know, so if you, if you, that's why we need the scriptures to actually guide us into all truth. We need to renew our minds, like Paul said, so that we can see correctly. Hallelujah. Because the blood of Jesus completely cleansed you. Hallelujah. It completely made you holy and righteous, and it made you a son or a daughter of God most high. So you can approach him at any time in full assurance of faith, knowing that the blood of Christ has taken care of sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm going to go on from verse 19 and read a couple of more here. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. Boldly. Do you hear that? Hallelujah. By his death, Jesus opened a new and living and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, hearts fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Hallelujah. He says, come boldly because of the blood of Jesus. It's very quiet in here. People are like, what? It's like, yes, boldly, hallelujah, to the creator by the blood of Jesus. You need, to, you need to highly esteem the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And get it in your mouth. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the blood. You need to just sprinkle blood everywhere in your home with your mouth. <laughs> just, just plead your case. Say, you know what? I might not have acted right. I might not have done everything right. But I plead the blood of Jesus. That's how I plead my case. It rests on one evidence alone, and it is the blood of Jesus. Because you will never measure up. In your own strength. And if you get to a place where you think you're something, then you need to humble yourself and get on your knees. Because you're not. And I have found 
that every time that I humble myself and I say, thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus, I come because of your goodness and your mercy into your presence. Hallelujah. You will find that when you humble yourself and you just point to the blood, the Holy Ghost will show up. Where the blood flows, the Holy Ghost goes. Hallelujah. And, and you will find out when you tap into the Holy Spirit, he will always reveal the blood of Jesus. What the blood of Jesus has done for you. The only way that you're going to be set free completely is to, is to know what the blood of Jesus has done for you. Because it's so easy to get into the trap of trying to dot the eye across, do all that stuff, and you will never be good enough. And then you will end up not having the confidence because you're basically not confident enough to draw into the presence of him who has the answers. And him who can actually help you. Because he is a loving father and he's wondering why you're not coming. <laughs> because the blood of my son was, was shed for you. Why are you not coming? Why are you getting tricked by the enemy to think that you're not good enough and you're not coming? Because what he will do, when you come to him, he will actually start to reveal to you that he has made you good enough. And the scripture actually says that he has made you holy and blameless and above reproach. If you want to be real bold about it, just quote the scriptures. By the blood. By the blood. And I've said this so many times. How could God join something that is not holy to himself? It's impossible. It's absolutely impossible for something that is not holy to be joined to a holy God. And, you know, we see in the scriptures, Christ is the head. We're the, you've been joined to him. He's the head. We're the body. We have been joined to Jesus. And that needs to be very real to you. It needs to be very real to you, the honor and the privilege that God has shown you in Christ Jesus. Because if you don't see that correctly, you, were n you will never step into your authority. That he is meant for you to walk in here on the earth because he wants his family now as back then to, to basically fill the earth and subdue it. It was, it's supposed to be the Garden of Eden all over the place. Because the believer understood who they were in Christ Jesus, stepped into that hallelujah and started to drive out wickedness. Hallelujah. That's still God's plan. But sometimes we draw back and say, well, the world is going nuts. Well, the world is going nuts because the word is not preached. Hallelujah. And the sons of God has not been revealed as they should. Because most Christians, they don't see themselves correctly. And we live far below our privileges in Christ Jesus. Far below. Hallelujah. We are actually so conformed to the world, it is scary. But that can change, can't it? Hallelujah. It can change, and it needs to change, first of all, so that you will actually draw near to him so he can start to reveal to you who you are. What happened? You know, Peter, he got a revelation. He said, you know, he, you know who do you say I am? He said, he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, and I'll tell you that you are Peter. And so when you, when you get a revelation of who he is, then he will give you a revelation of who you are. But first you have to draw near to him 
so he can actually get your attention. And that is by the blood of Jesus and you knowing that God loves you and that he's basically just waiting for you to come. He's not hiding. He's not, he's not trying to make it difficult. No, the difficult part, Jesus did. That was the difficult part. To give, give his life, that was difficult. But for us, he said, he said it's, you know, the, the, the veil has been torn from top to the bottom. Now you have free access to the presence of God. Hallelujah. And that is for every Christian to take advantage of. But first you must realize how much he loves you. So that you will actually hold your head up and go in that direction. Hallelujah. He loves you so very much. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad that he loves you? Because <laughs> he could have been a stern old man, right? He was like, ugh, those kids are always messing up. I'm going to shut my door. It's over with. Just go somewhere and die. He could have said that. Aren't you glad he's a good God? <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You need to get this in your mouth. What do I mean by that? You need to start declaring who God is, what the blood of Jesus has done for you. He said, hold fast the confession of your faith in Hebrews 10, 23. Because he who promised is faithful. And one thing I have realized that in this world, you must know what the Bible says. And you need to hold fast to what is yours. Because there's a devil out there and he's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's trying to take your confidence away. He's trying to tell you that the word don't work. He tries to tell you that you're not good enough. He tries to tell you all those things that you will draw. Instead of drawing near, you'll draw away. You need to get this in your mouth. And one, one, one place, I think this comes out real, real well, and it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and it's where Paul is talking about, you know, communion. And um, Paul, <laughs> he had some revelation. Hallelujah. He saw things that he wasn't even, you know, allowed to utter, but he did have some things he was allowed to utter so he could teach them to us. Hallelujah. And it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 23. Paul says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Now that word proclaim, if you look it up, it also has promulgate in it. And of course, everybody knows what promulgate means. Uh, I had to look it up. <laughs> but it means to put a law or decree into effect by official proclamation. So he says, by doing this, he says, you are proclaiming or putting this into effect by an official proclamation. Your mouth is very important. You know, you know you, Jesus showed us in Mark chapter 11, he says, you know, there's power in your mouth. There's power in your mouth to move mountains. In Revelations 12 verse 11, it says, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and 
the word of their testimony. So it's not just what Jesus has done, but what are you saying about it for you? Hallelujah. You need to say it for you, and you need to say it for every devil that is around your house. Hallelujah. You need to make sure that everybody knows that I am basing my life on the blood of Jesus. And I am qualified because of the blood of Jesus. So you get out of my house. You can be very bold. Hallelujah. Because you have a covenant with God that absolutely cannot be broken. And it is based on the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And in case you were wondering about the effects of the blood for the Israelites, when they were in, in, in Egypt, remember, you know, they were told to, to, to slay the lamb and they were you know, get ready and they were going to eat all of it, you know, before sunup and they would go out and were going to put the blood on the, around their, their door. You know, it, it was a protection for them, you know, against the destroyer. But also in Psalms 105, verse 37, it says, he also brought them out with silver and gold, and there was none feeble among his tribes. So he brought, because why? Because of the blood. You cannot tell me that they all had it, but they weren't even born again Christians. No, they were just thankful for them, God's chosen people. And when they did what he said and they honored the blood, hallelujah, they were brought out with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among them. And you cannot tell me. That in, in, in millions of people that have been slaves, that there were not somebody that had some, something wrong with them. Not one feeble person among them. God healed them all and he brought them out. Hallelujah. And the blood of Jesus will do the same for you. But you need to have faith in the blood. You need to put this in your mouth and you need to decree that the blood of Jesus has qualified me for my miracle. The blood of Jesus has qualified me, hallelujah, to live a life of victory. It's because of the blood. It takes the pressure off of you. And we need that. Because we put the pressure on us. We need to know we need to figure this out and that out. And I haven't been good. You will never be good enough. So you might as well stop it. And put your trust in the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. You need to rejoice in what the blood has done for you at your house when it looks like nothing is happening. You need to rejoice in what Jesus has done for you when it looks like everything is opposite, hallelujah, what the Bible says. That's how you enforce the victory. That is how you enforce the victory. Don't let the devil see that he's got something on you. He doesn't know everything that goes on, but he's looking at your face to see if that last stab got you. So you just look at him, he's like, ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. I got the victory. You just sing to him. And if he persists, you just tell him what his end is going to be like. You know, what are you going to say when that big angel throws you into the pit forever? Anyhow. The victory has to be enforced. You know, my daughter was asking me here the other day, and you know, <laughs> when a five-year-old asks you, really have to like, do I even know the answer? And so <laughs> you start thinking real hard. You know, it's just like, well, why? You know, if, if the devil is under our feet, why isn't everything just okay? I'm like, good question. And so we're driving down the road. I said, well, I said, it's like, it's like a police officer. I said, he has... 
he has authority from the government to, to enforce the law. And I said, God has given us authority to enforce the law on his behalf in our life. And I said, we have to enforce that victory. We have to enforce what Jesus has done for us because the devil, you know, he'll try to trespass. You know, do all kinds of things that is contrary to what we know that the Bible says. We have to say, no, uh-uh, no, you get out of my house. If you get any symptoms that are not supposed to be, it's just like, no. I was gonna, you almost wanted to cuss at him because it's just such a, I'm not a cusser. But anyhow, you know what I mean? You need to have an attitude against the devil. You know, it's just like, no, uh-uh, you are not getting into my house. You are not doing that. No, no. I am the healed of the Lord. The blood of Jesus has set me free. By the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. Done deal. And you have no authority in my house. So you better get before I get ticked. You need to have an attitude. Because the devil will try to run all over you. And if you don't have an attitude, he will. So we need to enforce the victory that has been won on your behalf. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good, isn't he? <laughs> you know, Kenneth E. Hagin, he said this. You know, we talk about confession quite a bit here. And he says, a man will never rise above his confession. A man will never rise above what he says about himself. So what you say, you know, what are you going to say about your situation? It don't matter what anybody else says. Because they're, 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 they don't have any power in your life. What matters is... What are you going to say about it? What are you going to say about the devil trying to steal, kill, and destroy in your life? What are you going to say about it? Are you going to put your foot down? Or are you going to let him just going to run around your house? It's like, uh-uh. No, no. We're going to have a come to Jesus meeting right now. And you're going to listen to me. <laughs> you have to enforce it. And that's why you need to know, first of all, what the blood has done for you. And that's what you find out right here. That's why he gave us, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a new covenant, there's an old covenant, there's a new covenant. Old Testament, New Testament. You know, and, and Jesus ushered in the new one. He says, this is the New Testament in my blood. So anyhow, you need to, you need to figure these things out. You need to put it in your mouth. Hallelujah. You need to rejoice in what Jesus has done for you, and you will see a change in your house. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to stop right at 8 just to do it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hour of power. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Hallelujah. And just look to the Lord here for just a little bit. Hallelujah. Father, we love you so very much. And we are so grateful. Hallelujah. For you being a good, good daddy. Hallelujah. You're so good to us. And I'm overwhelmed, Father, more and more by how good you are. Hallelujah. And how much you love me. Hallelujah. Father, we asked you to give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus here, you know, a while back. And we ask you again, Father, because we know there's so much to see and so much to understand, Father, of how good you are and what you have done for us. And we don't want to be those, Father, that don't really uh, take advantage of or don't appreciate what you've done, Father. We want to be those that uh, really see and understand and, and value, Father, what you've done for us. What we could not do for ourselves, you did. Hallelujah. And you didn't just, just, 
just save us so that we could just, you know, not go to hell. No, you chose to have the most intimate relationship with each and every one of us. You, be, you said that you may be in us. Hallelujah. Wow. You wanted to join yourself, Father, to us. And now there is a God-man sitting at your right hand, which is amazing. And you've joined us to him, Father, and we, we just want to see and understand more, Father. What does that mean? Hallelujah. What is this great honor and privilege that has been given to us because of the blood of Jesus? Father, we want to know. We want to see and we want to understand, Father, so we can, so we can help usher other people, Father, into your presence. Because the more we see, Father, the more passionate we will become to tell others about you. Hallelujah. Because you've given us this ministry of reconciliation. Hallelujah. To reconcile people to you. To help them to find a way, Father, into your loving arms. Hallelujah. And if there's anybody under the sound of my voice today, if you have ever contemplated God's love for you, know without a shadow of a doubt today that Jesus loves you. That God loves you and that Jesus gave his life to redeem you from sin and all the effects of it. Hallelujah. And the only thing he wants from you is for you to receive his goodness and to say, Jesus, I receive what you've done for me. Hallelujah. And I lay down my life so I can take up yours and serve you forever. Hallelujah. And if you will do that today, he will surely be right there to meet you. Because he's been waiting for you for a very long time. Hallelujah. He's seen you in your confusion. He's seen you in your darkness and in your pain. And he wants to set you free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus said in Luke chapter 4. Hallelujah. In verse 18, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Hallelujah. Oh, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, to set a liberty to those that are bound and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord or the year of the Lord's favor, which is now. Hallelujah. Jesus just wants to set you free. Hallelujah. He wants to take your pain and completely remove it so you don't even know it was ever there. Hallelujah. He wants to take that heartache and completely take it away. He wants to mend your broken heart. He wants to heal your body. Hallelujah. Because he loves you so very much. Hallelujah. And if you will receive it today, just say, Jesus, I receive. I receive all that you have for me. I receive your loving care right now. Hallelujah. <laughs> Whoo, Jesus. You are so good to us. Thank you, Father. From ending hearts right now. Hallelujah. Thank you. 
Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. If you'll draw near. Oh, just draw near to him. Oh, he's been waiting. Oh, draw near to him. Hallelujah. And he will reveal himself to you. His goodness, his mercy, his love, his peace. Joy unspeakable, full of glory. Hallelujah. He's got the answer. Because you might have just tried to deal with the fruit. Hallelujah. But he knows what the root is to take care of all the fruits. Hallelujah. So, Father, I just ask right now that you reveal to people under the sound of my voice what is the root, hallelujah, of their problem. What is the root of their problem? Not being distracted by all the fruits of this thing, but to get to the root of the matter and take care of it once and for all, and all the fruit will die. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah for light. Hallelujah. And revelation and understanding. Hallelujah. Regarding why it has taken so long. Why there seems to be something blocking. Hallelujah, Father. Thank you. Hallelujah. Oh, for light and more light. Hallelujah. Oh, Father. And great glory. Hallelujah will be to your name. Great glory will be to the blood of Jesus. Ha, ha, ha. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, he says in his word, be still and know that I'm God. It's good to get out of the busyness and just get quiet. Put down the phone, put down the cares, hallelujah, and just sit in his presence. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Yes, Father. We purpose, Father, to yield ourselves to you, to yield, hallelujah, hallelujah, to your leading and your guidance, yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit when he woos our hearts, when he guides and directs that we'll yield, hallelujah, and move with you, hallelujah, not try to, to reason this way or that way but just yield 
to you, give you the right of way. Hallelujah. Glory. Because you are faithful to your word. And you said that I will lead and guide you in the way that you should walk. Thank you, Father. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Faithful. Faithful and true. Hallelujah. And greater light there will be. Whoo, Jesus. Hey, greater light there will be. As you will listen to me. Who? <laughs> hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Walking in the ways of the Lord. Finally, walking in the peace of the Almighty. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Glory, glory. Mm, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Mm. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Hallelujah. We give you praise in this place. We're so grateful for your patience with us, for your kindness. Hallelujah. That you never give up on us, ever, ever, ever. Hallelujah. Even if we're unfaithful, you are faithful because you cannot deny who you are. Thank you, Father, for your loving kindness and your tender mercies. Hallelujah. And for our bright futures. Hallelujah, because you are good and your mercy endures forever. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Glory, glory. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Hmm. I was just reminded, you know, now, you know, when you take some time and, and uh, spend time in His presence and listen, listen to Him, he's, he's like impressing on me, get better at listening. And I will take you to, to further in me. Uh, 
because there's so much He wants to show us. Hallelujah. And reveal to us. And if we will get good at listening, then He's going to be able to. Because He truly longs, hallelujah, to be good to us. His heart is to pour out of His goodness, to reveal His glory in you and to you. And for Him to be able to do that, we just need to listen and that's all. We don't have to qualify, we just have to listen. Maybe the qualification is the listening. Because the blood of Jesus has done everything else. Hallelujah. He'll reveal to you why He made you. The purpose for which He made you. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, in Acts chapter 13... Paul and four other guys, and Barnabas and some others were gathered together ministering to the Lord and fasting and the Holy Ghost said. <laughs> and he sent them on their first missionary journey. He made them sent once apostles with a purpose from heaven above. You know, God has a purpose for you. Custom made for you. Hallelujah. And that's exciting. So you might think, well, I'm just this or that. But no, 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 no. You're a child of God with an eternal purpose. And maybe you have a glimpse of it. I don't know. But God knows. He said, I knit you together in your mother's womb. He knows everything about you. Hallelujah. And as we'll listen, hallelujah. He'll guide and he'll direct. Hallelujah. And he says in Philippians 2.13, he says, I am working in you to willing to act according to my good pleasure. <laughs> One of the things you need to acknowledge every day that he's at work. He's good at what he does. Hallelujah. He will even help you forget about you and see the new you. The in Christ one looks a lot better. You might think I'm pretty good looking, but nothing like who you are in Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, I can continue here forever, but we're not going to do that. But, you know, God is so good to us. Hallelujah. He is faithful and He is good and He loves you. Hallelujah. And if you just grab a hold of that so that you will draw near, then, then He can do a whole lot of other stuff too. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lucha. Two in one.